Thank you so much for joining us. I am uh, joined as always by two good friends. Uh, first of all, Thomas Beck. Hello, Thomas. How are you? Hello. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm cold and wet because we're still in Ireland. Oh, oh okay. Irish summer. <laughs> yeah, it's not great so far, but uh, at least gives us more more better excuse to, you know, to play more games. That's the one good thing, if living in a wet country like Ireland. And I'm also joined by, uh, by good friend, Award-winning podcaster and all-round goddess. Nom- nominee, right? <laughs> no, nominate, nominated. Not oh, award just nominated. Winning. Well, yeah. look, two, two out of three isn't bad, right? So, <laughs> so for, for people listening, well, I suppose you're a good friend and our goddess, uh, Laura Cress. Goddess? What's this, what's this goddess rubbish? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It what was about Shosha? It was a joke because I, I knew you are only nominated, but yeah. I said award-winning. And then I said, oh, but two out of three ain't bad. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a joke. It was building up more and more. Like, good friend, <laughs> award-winning podcaster, and goddess. You know, building up I more see. and more. Oh, so she's it's, an award-winning goddess? Pretty yeah. much. No, just award-nominate. But for people listening, so you do two podcasts. You do this podcast, and yes. you do another podcast. And your one of your podcasts was nominated for an award. So... Yeah, um, not this one. <laughs> no, not this one. But 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 well, first of all, what was the award that your podcast was award? I'll let I can let you do the. Yeah, shall I just say? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've got a Eurovision podcast, and it was uh, nominated for best entertainment. Surprisingly enough, for um, uh, at the British Podcast Awards. Nice. Um, nice. Uh, the award ceremony isn't for an, another few weeks, and I don't think we'll win anything. But uh, are you going through the ceremony? Yeah, we'll go. We'll go to the ceremony. I mean, it's got a lot of bigger, like more—I'll be honest—more professional podcasts <laughs> that do it for a, a living. So it'll be fun just to be there. Really, I don't think we're going to win anything, but it'll be nice to to be there and just see all, all the podcasts that I actually listen to. Maybe yeah. you can get uh, Graham. Uh to uh, come on your podcast Graham I don't think he's going to be there but um, I'll definitely look out for for a couple of people yeah I'm sure there'll be plenty of people there yeah I think we might be the only Eurovision one there Oh well, congratulations! Well, I could give. Two... Oh, you can ride the wave of success of Britain for this year. Yes, true. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could give two different responses. The loser, whiny boy, uh, part of it could say, "Well, the only reason this podcast was now is because you know at least Thomas and I aren't British, and mm-hmm. that's why we're very we... true." Yeah. But then the other side of me would say, "No, uh, that's it. That's it. That's no? it. Okay. That's I mean, the, the bo- reason. The boring side. The boring <laughs> and also part. He didn't enter." As well, that is another reason why it's nominated. <laughs> Helps to enter. I didn't even know you could, but I was, well, you know, might try it next year. But also the other part of me, the boring side of me would say, sincerely, congratulations, Laura. I'm delighted that you're <laughs> nominated. And uh, I mean, I don't win, think we'll win anything. But no, but like to be said, nominated yourself. Uh, so congratulations. And I would recommend people to listen to. It's null poire. That's right. Yes. No poire. Well, no poire. It's a anyway, lot of fun. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about adventure games. We it's, have a it's lot. It's based on, the title is based on Britain's normal uh, achievements in Eurovision, right? Uh, well, uh, can I, I'll stop you there. It's not Britain, Thomas. It's UK for starters. Let's I mean, get that if you've right. watched the Eurovision, starters. yeah, Britain, um, UK. I think, where was, where was 
was Netherlands in the, in the table this year. And where was the UK? Hmm, interesting. Anyway, we let's were, move on to adventure. Uh, we were 11th this year, 11th, which was yeah. too low for the quality of the song, but we it won was it good three song. years. I enjoyed we won it. it three years ago. So well, I I still think Ireland should have won it, but I could go on in detail about the corruption of the Eurovision. Why <laughs> they keep ticking? Uh, that's you know, a whole other, Ireland. Whole other you know, that they yeah, don't like when Ireland. Ireland do rubbishly, it's corruption, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, even though the song it, was rubbish. You know, uh, I mean, listen, just because I listened to it once. And, I <laughs> and it never again. again. <laughs> but anyway, we're here to talk about adventure games. Uh, congratulations to Laura on that uh, award uh, nomination. But we're here to talk about adventure games. We've got a lot to talk about. We have demos that were released for the what is it, summer Steam Steam Summer Fest. Uh, I get it confused with the summer next fests. Uh, you know, the, the award or presentation of trailers. Uh, but, you, no, uh, it, you're, you're just getting very confused today, aren't, aren't you? Sure, sure. It's it's um, you're thinking of the there's the summer game fest and there's the well there's also a Steam summer sale, so that is equally yes. confusing. But there's a Steam next fest that is the the sort of festival the demos. of demos. Perfect. Well, I do have a good excuse because I yeah, did do. have I did have a very unwanted visit uh, last week from my auntie Corona and uncle COVID. I had managed yep. to avoid them for two and a half years and it made an mm. unwanted uh, visit. But thankfully, I am doing better. It's just very, very mild symptoms. Uh, so, but yeah, if I do say something stupid, more so than normal, <laughs> we can say that that's an excuse. It explains quite a lot. <laughs> and a future as well, like future times recording. But oh, anyway, okay. we've got demos. We've got uh, quite a few reviews as well. So, uh, so let's get to it. First with news. Um, Blade Runner Enhanced Edition was released uh, both on Steam and GOG and consoles. So now for more long-term listeners, they might remember that back in 2020, we covered this. They released the trailer, Nighteye Studio, who did the remaster. Uh, but they said back in 2020 that they were going to, that they were going to suspend this indefinitely. They didn't have access to the source code. It's a huge amount of work. So uh, we didn't know if they would be able to release it. Uh, now, this is not to be confused with the uh, Scum VM version that was on GOG previously. I don't think that those two teams work together. But mm. then it's all of a sudden it dropped on Steam and GOG and consoles. Now, on the plus side, um, the game is for the first time available on consoles. And, and also uh, subtitles. It's got yes, subtitles. That's the next now. thing. There are subtitles. But unfortunately, now I haven't played it. I need to stress that. But it seems that people have been uh, disappointed. Uh, on Steam that um, there are some bugs, I believe, that uh, some people say that it doesn't look as good. Now, more technical than I am, can probably explain better. There was a whole article on PC Gamer about why it uh, disappointed him. He's a fan of Blade Runner game. Now, he does say that they had good intentions, that they did their best, but I think without access to the source code, it was difficult to, without, uh, to do it proper justice. Now, again, to be fair to Nighttime Studios, uh, they have released a patch since then so yeah um, so basically they've released a, uh, a patch to try and fix some of these because let, let's just like go mm. quickly through some of the issues that people mm. with a lot of people have been reporting this it's not a few people saying this um that there's issues with the the kind of uh character models there's issues with um in terms of like the sort of fog people were saying it mm. looked very off people were saying there were some issues with bugs like you said um ray that the sort of main character you play sometimes not being able to move you have to click on items that he interacts with and then he's able to move um so there was there was a lot of kind of visual 
issues and they kind of sort of papered over it um, mm. and, and, and you know, made it quite difficult to love. It sounds from a lot. And I think yeah. the issue does come from as well, people having a lot of love for the original. So as knowing well, yeah. what yeah. it should look like. And it, it seems to have done away with a lot of kind of artistic intent. Mm. But as you say, really bad reaction to it from a lot of people. So they have now... Um, at least on one patch where they, they've tried to fix a lot of the uh, original issues that people had with it. And another thing was, a lot, another thing that people were annoyed about was, of course, the fact that the Scum uh, version um, was um, removed from GOG mm. um, because of the release of the Enhanced Edition. Oh, so really? The original was oh. removed. It's now been bundled in with the new one, so you can play that with the Enhanced okay. Edition. So I think they listen to people and that you can yeah. now play both both of them together. That's um, a good choice, I think, from I, Yeah, yeah. So that is something. It sounds like they're working to try and, um, you know, maybe <laughs> repair the damage done, but whether people <laughs> think it's, you know, why didn't they just do that at the beginning? I don't know. It's, it's a, you know, age-old tale with um, game development, I think. Yeah, and to, again, to be fair to Nighttime, they have done remasters of other games, and I think they are working on System Shock remaster of that, and they have done well from what I've read. So they do know what they're doing, at least with the other games. But I think this game just seemed to be very, very difficult, um, especially when they don't have access, you know, to the source code and um, and then. But then when they have other issues like bugs that weren't appear that didn't appear in the previous version, the original version then yeah, I think something kind of went wrong somewhere. But uh, look, hopefully they can finish, they can uh, help to fix certain things. But you have the two options there at least on G.O.N.G. Not on Steam, as I found out too. Uh, to, well, to they, have, they, have, uh, they have now added it on Steam as well. Oh, have they? Oh, yeah. perfect. So okay. they, are, well, they are, this listening. is a thing. They are working. They are yeah, they are working on it. And a lot of games when they're first released, uh, you know, they are a bit buggy as well with developers then add patches and all um, as well. So... Yeah, so that's that's more positive than I expected. <laughs> so how how were they supposed to remaster it if they didn't have access to the source code? I well, mean, they were rever reverse engineering it. Hmm. Yeah, but what? How does that work? I mean, they got permission to remaster it, but they said you can all figure it out for yourself. Or it massively limits what they can do if they don't have access to it. Like, what hmm. can they do? Really? Yeah. yeah. But hey, at least it's available on consoles now, and it's uh, there are subtitles. And they are listening as well. So um, so hopefully uh, some of these issues can be fixed and you can get it on Steam and GOG and consoles, uh, if you so wish. Uh, so right then. So we have um, uh, lots of, quite a few demos that, uh, that we played. Uh, some surprises as well. Uh, so uh, Laura, probably the, the game or the adventure game that we're probably most, probably one of the most, you know, probably the most eager anticipated is Old Skies from Dave Gilbert, uh, Why Did yeah. I? Uh, I did not expect he announced his new game. It was a trailer right after I think we recorded the last episode last month. So we we're going to talk about it in news, about the trailer. But hey, there is a demo that we both played. Um, so what, what did you think then? Or what's, uh, what, what were your first impressions? So, because again, these are demos. Yeah. And as we know... There have been times when we thought devils were really good, but then we played the full games and we were burned. <laughs> Turned out that they weren't, you know, ended up not being great or not finished or whatever. But uh, so these are demos. But so these are our first impressions. So Laura, Old Skies, what what were your impressions? I really liked it. I thought the concept was great. I mean, I won't go into too much detail, mm. but, you know, it, it's in terms of Roger Eye games, it's your tr traditional kind of point and click adventure. But I just thought the concept where you are basically 
in, in a world where time travel is a kind of sort of tourist um, occupation where you can buy a, a trip in time and you are the person like the kind of tr- the um, travel agent of time where you you help these people go back into the past and um, obviously things can go wrong um, and this that's what happens in the demo that you play and there seems to be different choices that you can make to either help the help the people um or, or not help them and i just like this idea that you are basically this time agent uh, going back in the past and how everything back in time is um assigned a kind of value to it about how important it is in history and in the future and so you can mess around with um you know that there's like a rag that's hanging on on a on a pole you can mess around with that you can pick that up because that's not important in the future but then there's people that you you, you're not supposed to meet or you don't want to change their direction because that would change the whole course of, of future history. And that, so I just, I mean, it's kind of a, a well-worn topic in terms of time travel and, you know, changing time for the future. But I just thought the way they brought it about was really clever and voice acting was great. Sally Beaumont as the lead, yes. almost as a, a stand-up job. And yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. It's, um, I mean, when you're writing, you know, I mean, I'm not a writer, but when you write about time travel and multiverse, they kind, they can be kind of like difficult to get right. Yeah. Um, have to be a good writer, especially with time travel with paradoxes as well, and uh, because anyway, like, well, why don't they do this? But I really love the concept, as you mentioned, and uh, just everything. It looks really good. It's not uh, pixel art, I don't think. The first game from Wajita, I mean, at least I don't think. No, it's, it's not. It's, no, it's more. No, it's H- more kind of. Yeah, sort of yeah, cartoony okay, characters, yeah. but yeah. And it looks it looks great. I replayed it with uh, the developer commentary. Did, did you play with... Uh, oh, I haven't, no. No, it's very, very interesting because oh, okay. I would recommend, especially if you're an adventure game developer, now anyone, but especially if you're a game developer, I would recommend you listen to Dave Gilbert because he talks about the first ideas he had and then how he removed them, how he changed them. Uh, some people might agree with, some people might disagree with. Uh, he did mention that there were the puzzles were going to be more difficult at first that he had to do or more adventure game puzzles, but then he, he wasn't happy that they, I think they were a bit too complex, so he got rid of them. Yeah. And I know a lot of people might like puzzles, but I think the flow of the writing and story in the demo went really well. The puzzles might be more, you know, easy, easier, but I do think that the flow of the writing, that it went really, really well. Yeah, it was, I'd agree with that. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I also then went back and re- replay or played his first uh, demo of those guys back in 2019 when he did the Adventure Game Jam, one of the Adventure Jams. Oh, right. Okay. Made, I didn't yeah, know that he, was the case. Yeah, he, it's available on Game Jolt. He released it in 3D. He was messing around in 3D. He made that game in 3D. Now, I think this demo, it is much better. It looks better. It's uh, much more polished. But I thought it was quite interesting. It's similar, uh, but it's shorter, it's about 10, 15 minutes. Um, and I think uh, it doesn't look as good because he's not as used to 3D. But I think one advantage to 3D was that there were more cinematic camera angles. You see the camera swooping up and across the rooftops. And uh, I think it was more David experimenting. Uh, so I think he probably made the right decision to go 2D. But it is also a shame <laughs> that because uh, I'd love to see what he could do kind of with 3D and something different. But I can understand he talked before about his reasons for going back to 2D which I can understand. But yeah, no, I really enjoy those guys and it looks to be another winner, I think. Uh, we I shall think see. So, yeah. But based on first impressions, it looks really, really good. And then another game I think that we are eagerly anticipating is uh, from the developers of Gibbous, uh, Near Mage. 
Uh, Laura, you played that as well. So what did you think? I just thought this looked amazing. Yes. My goodness. Didn't it but, make you want to kind of visit Transylvania? Yeah, ab- um, absolutely. I've never visited there. And I've heard, I have friends who've gone there who really loved it. And I yeah. read, I read Dracula. I mean, that's not the only reason if it's, uh, uh, you know, I've heard good things about it as well, but yeah, it looks amazing. It really does very detailed, um, you know, ha- hand drawn em- environments, um, just really bright colorful and I, I when I streamed this I had a few people that actually lived not far from the town that um, your character travels to and they said it does look like that and wow. they had done uh, a pretty good um, sort of interpretation of it um, yeah and I, I like the concept it sounds inter- it sounds very different to the, yeah, the previous game. game I mean again you you find out that you come from a long line of witches you travel to meet your your aunt your kind of crazy eccentric aunt who's living in that transylvania and then you go to you the demo kind of ends with you being accepted to this school um to become this kind of near mage and it sounds like you know you you kind of weave your own path you you learn spells you choose which kind of spells to choose and learn and then it sounds like there'll be puzzles but you can decide which spells to use and there'll be Mm. different paths and things like that so a lot of choice i think yeah, no, there's no spells in the demo, I don't no, think. there isn't, no. But, um, but again, that's not an issue because it's still early uh, uh, days yet. Uh, but yeah, no, full uh, disclosure, I think I mentioned this before. I am not usually personally into these kind of stories like uh, witches and wizards, although I'm a huge fan of Terry Pratchett. Mm. But, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't uh, read most of the Harry Potter. I'm just my own personal taste. So I was first a little bit hesitant when I first heard about this game and I was hoping for a more conventional sequel to Gibbous. I was good, I tried, yeah, it isn't yeah. very conventional in, in I mean, no. in the sense that there's supernatural like Gibbous was, but it's much more like you say, wizard, witchy. And also it seems to be more about crafting and, mm. and less, it doesn't seem like it's going to be much of a sort of inventory point and click combining items, that kind of thing. It's going to be a little bit more on the sort of, I don't know, it's not action, but there'll be a, a, a bit more, you know, crafting things mm. and finding your spells and, and going along your own pathway and, and that sort of thing. But still puzzles, but yeah, it's a yeah. different, different way of, of solving them than we're maybe used to in traditional point and clicks. Exactly. Now, I was a little bit hesitant uh, because of that, because of my own personal taste. But I have to say, I really liked it. I yeah. thought the writing was good. I really liked the main character. I was completely engaged in the story and the demo won me over. And uh, and I think uh, from the demo, the writing stuff, now I liked Gibbs, but I had some issues with it. I think the writing seems to have been better. I think that they're learning from uh, the previous game. And I'm really curious to know. I still don't know if it is an actual sequel or a, what is it? Uh, I, don't, the same I mean, world. I don't think it is at all. I, no. As far as I know, it, it isn't. No. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> maybe in the same kind of world. Yeah, but not not um, a, a direct sequel, like you say. Yeah, but I mean, no surprise. It looks good because Gibbous looked really, really good. They are professional animators. It looks like a playable uh, cartoon. Yeah, no, no. Animation, uh, I mean, Gibbous <clears throat> was one of the best looking game adventure games at least of the last few years, and this I think will be similar. Uh, so beautiful animations and uh, you no know, voice acting yet. I don't know if there will be full voice acting. Not that, again. That's an issue, but. Um, no, the demo won me over. So hopefully the full game, I'm really looking forward to the full game uh, when you can actually make the spells and all, but I was really engaged with the characters and that. So uh, hopefully that, uh, that's uh, both Old Skies and Near Mage will be coming in 2023, I believe. 
Um, well, what they say in Steam is when the stars are right. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh, now, a few games that I played with some climate change games that are demos that have been out. First one that I played was Arctic Awakening. So now this might be unfair. I mean this in the best possible way. This at least seems like if uh, the long dark were a story-based exploration game without the survival horror or without the survival elements. Now, I since spoke to the developer. He said he's never played the long dark. Um, but uh, this is, again, set in the Arctic. And again, it's an open-world adventure game. He said it was no survival part, so it's just made a story-focused and exploration-focused story first. And I really love the voice acting, really love the, the demo as well. So we're really looking forward to this, how they can, you know, it's going to be episodic, but all released at the same time. Um, but uh, the story seems really good. So that's Arctic Awakening. Mm, that's um, nice. Yeah, it looks yeah. really good. It, it does look, and it seems to be genuinely open world. The demo, you know, the demo didn't take that. I didn't finish it, again, disclosure, because uh, I was looking for a bear in the game. Couldn't find a bear. <laughs> but, uh, the, what the, the long dark you 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 stopped after a bear as well so as I well know. so i i these bears you there. have found your enemy <laughs> yes the, you couldn't bear it it's unbearable hey, on, i mean you're taking the joke from me laura <laughs> right to bear oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th I think i'll let you guys uh to, you know use those jokes this time um but uh, yeah no, the long dark even on very easy mode i kept dying but uh, this game, at least, was no survival element. So some people might not like it because of that. Uh, for me, it's high on my list to play coming out in 2023. Uh, another game demo that I played was, I've spoken about this game quite a bit, Unknown Number, a first-person talker, where you use your voice uh, to play the game. So it's uh, you get um, a call from a wrong number to, again, climate activists who are, in, uh, who are uh, going to an oil rig. And uh, you have to choose whether you help them or call security. And uh, so now the demo, there wasn't a huge amount that you had to use your voice. You just say yes or no. So kind of like if you say, you know, to Google or to a Siri. Uh, there was one part where it kind of happened very quickly, but you have to repeat after a character. Uh, so kind of like to join a cult, which was a bit strange, but it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Still very early days. It could go kind of either way, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's uh, going to be original, at least. It will be released quarter three, 2022. Again, the voice acting is good. It is kind of an FMV type as well. And um, if you see from the screenshots, which is quite cute, you have a picture of a phone, and then there's a little kind of emoticon, and uh, the expressions change. So when there's something dramatic happening, you know, he gets looks very worried, uh, or it looks worried, or when it's happy, you know, it looks happy. And I thought that was quite cute. But it looked very professionally done as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, I also played another climate change game called End of Lines, which is very different. It's more a choose-your-own text adventure with some beautiful, beautiful uh, drawings um, as well. So it's a very arid, dry uh, climate set in the future. And your family, your tribe, you're going to find some uh, hospitable land and you, you know meet some characters, you make some decisions, and then you're based on, I think, three animals in the game, based on decisions uh, that you make, you're more like a certain animal, like a jaguar or a lion as well. Um, again, still early days, but it looks really, really good. Yeah, uh, all again um, about sort of climate. Yes, so there's a few... Meltdown. That, this uh, seemed uh, more like angry. The characters in this game were, you know, 
you can understand there's a flashback where the character is um, really angry with his, you know, father and everyone else saying, look, the world, you know, the climate is changing. We are heading for disaster and nobody cares. Nobody's doing anything. And then in the future, where the main part of the game is, and uh, you and your family are basically looking for somewhere uh, to, to live. And you have choices to make as well. So after each day, I think you have to decide which people in the party uh, go out scavenging, looking for supplies, but then people get tired uh, and weak afterwards. So you have to choose carefully uh, who you go. But again, I would recommend trying that out. Um, I think when is it coming out? Coming out in 2022, they say. But uh, well, we shall see. Um, have you played uh, well, We Stay Behind, which was named Resort? I played, played Resort. So I played the demo when it was Resort. Okay, yeah. so I don't know if it's a new demo. It was very short. Uh, it was 15 minutes. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I think the this... demo I played was a little bit longer. Yeah, now the game might be short, short as well. Um, I got some lake vibes from it. So again, it's... Yeah, I get that. There's a, there's a comet coming towards this small town and people are staying. So you, you're an interviewer, a journalist, and you're basically talking to them to find out why they're not leaving. Don't um, look up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Maybe, they're, maybe they're not looking up. And there is one person you interview and he's not the nicest. Or at least <laughs> he's hiding something. But yeah, still very early. I mean, you can't really tell what to think of the game. But again, I'm intrigued. And uh, the final demo I played was Beacon Pines. Where you yes. Play. Have you played that, Laura? I have. I played it when it was at the big adventure event. Oh, and what did you think? I really liked it. Yeah. I it liked the idea. It looks beautiful as well. It. You yeah. play, it's a cute and creepy adventure game. I think that's... Yeah, it, it, very... I think it, it's... it's What did it say? It's sort of inspired um, by Twin Peaks, but it feels like kind of Twin <laughs> Peaks meets uh, like a cutesy storybook. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think that's about right. Yeah, uh, and you play Winnie the, the Pooh. Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh meets, meets Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think from the demo, at least that looks uh, that sounds about right and looks right. <laughs> but I, I thought that it was very well written. And again, it's written like that. There's a storybook and there's a narrator who I thought was very well voiced. And um, you uh, then you can change. So there's sort of some words. So you get some uh, what 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 do they call it in the game? So. Uh, some events so you can rewrite the charms. So you get some charms in the game, you can rewrite past events, so you get a word, and then you can use these words to, to change. Some don't have much of an effect, like when you're trying, yeah. so, but some do. Yeah, so it like, it's like you said, as you go on, at least in the, in the demo, it seems to be as you went on, you learnt uh, specific words to input uh, into the story mm. of, of, of you, of what's going on. Um, and you, like you said, you might only know one word at the beginning. It's, it comes as this storybook kind of um, image. That's what it looks like. And you input this word and then it carries on. Um, but like you said, you can rewind when you, you, you'll learn another word a bit later on when you do a certain action, it, it'll appear um, or when certain situations can arise. And then you can put that word back and it'll change the story. And um, it's an interesting um, yeah. mechanic, I, I thought. Yeah. And it, it did mean that things are very replayable and and can change quite drastically depending what you do. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's not the same, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of Life is Strange. You know, we can go back and yes. make different decisions uh, if you think you made the wrong one. And, and this one, uh, again, you're looking for your uh, your mother who has disappeared. And uh, I don't want to give anything away, but one thing happens and then you can put a different word 
and uh, and then something else will happen. But I really like the dynamic between the two characters, uh, your best friend. In yeah. The game. And it's interesting that you are kind of, it, it's all set out, like I said, as a story, but so you're the book's reader. Mm. So you're sort of kind of in control of the story in, in this weird way, like you normally would be as a player, but they do it as like you're, you're kind of reading the story and that's why you're choosing these words and deciding kind of the fate of the characters. And I thought that was an interesting way of, of doing it really and whether we can trust what's mm. happening really. It's all very, it sort of plays out as if it's like this, this just this cutesy little thing, but there's a lot more going on there. And like you said, there's some questionable things that you uncover as you go about, even in the demo, mm. um, that make it quite dark. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where this one goes. Yeah, but I think this demo, again, much like Old Skies and Near Mage, it did exactly what uh, they'd intended. They, they yeah. At least with me, they got me intrigued, and I Definitely. want to know what happens next. And it looks Same. really good. And it's Beacon Pines. And those are a few of the demos that uh, we've well, they're all the demos that I played. Uh, few, de few demos that uh, were there, but um, uh, there's more. I don't know if they're still available, but uh, uh, but yeah. So, so is there anything else you want to mention, uh, Laura? Or we no, move I, on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, that's a few for people. We will include links to all of those demos. Well, those games that we mentioned. they all looked really good. So yeah, I'm that, definitely that is, uh, look into those as well. That, that is one thing that uh, they all have in common. That there was no demo that I played that I was like, nah. I'm not interested in any of these games. I'm really interested. I mean, obviously, I think Old Skies, Near Mage, probably the top. Old Skies, definitely. But all of them, I, I could see myself playing when they're released. Um, yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so, uh, now I also wanted to mention, as we always mention, that uh, we are an independent podcast. Uh, we pay for everything ourselves. We are not one of these massive podcasts that uh, Laura's podcast is competing with. The no <laughs> yet, yeah. yet, but we are getting bigger. We have had for the first time uh, since we started over 10,000 uh, listeners or downloads in one month last month, and we're heading in that direction this month as well. So, thank you to everyone yeah, who is sharing awesome. and who is listening. So, it is really, really good. If you would like to help us, there are different ways you can help us. Uh, we are on Patreon. Uh, you can, for example, get these episodes um before anyone else at least the edited version sometimes we go live but the edited <laughs> versions go uh you'll also uh i'll start notifying uh patreon whenever we get guests on uh hoping to have some good i can't guarantee anything yet but hoping to have some over the next year or so uh you know some big names as well hopefully but i will let patreon no members know first and again you get some extras as well like uh uh, you know, um, spoiler specials with developers as well. I talk about it as well. And uh, and we have a new Patreon member. And now I am so, so sorry if I get this name wrong. I will do my very, very best to pronounce it correctly. Uh, Yo Yu Lee, uh, she, um, well, they joined us as well. They became a new Patreon member. So thank you so much, Yo Yu. And to all of the other Patreon members who stuck with us, who really helped out as well. So that's patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. Now, if you uh, don't want to or don't can't afford me on Patreon, that is no problem. You can also help by writing review, sharing the links. And we got a new review, and uh, I believe he's called Kyle Corwin. And what he said was now, this is what they say uh, five stars. They review amazing games I might have missed otherwise and have some impressive guests. Great community as well. 
Um, so thank you so much, Kyle. We really appreciate it. So if you do like this podcast and you want to help uh, with visibility, not just of this podcast, but of uh, adventure games and developers who come on here as well and games that we talk about, uh, you can review it as well. It can be short and sweet like Kyle. It can be longer. It can be as you wish. There is a link in the show notes as well. Uh, rate this podcast forward slash adventure games podcast and it will take you to the places where you can review it. Um, so uh, so yeah, so thank you to everyone for helping out as well and for sharing the links, sharing. We're on YouTube now as well. That's some more videos. There was an interview I did uh, recently and uh, so you can check that out. So uh, shall we go with uh, the reviews of uh, of the main games that we've been playing? Because we've um, we've had quite a bit, and uh, Thomas, you'll be talking about a book later on. So yes, so, uh, <laughs> which two it books. is relevant. Two books. It, they will be relevant to adventure games. Um, so absolutely. So Laura, you have been playing cards, then I believe. Talk, talk to us about this game, Card yeah. Shark. You play with sharks. Uh, I, well, of a sort, yeah. Um, yeah, Card Shark, very interesting and beautiful looking game, this one. It's um, it's all about playing cards, but it's all about cheating uh, at playing with cards and cheating Ooh. your opponents. Uh, it's by Nereal, who made um, the, the Reigns games, if you know those, and Developer Digi- uh, Devolver Digital, Digital, even, is the publisher. And um, it's, yeah, it's all about cheating at cards. You are a kind of, it's set in 18th century French in France. 18th century France, um, and you are this mute um, boy. You work at um, this pub, this uh, sort of down and dirty pub. This guy comes, this uh, fancy man, this French fancy man called the Comte de Saint-Germain. He comes and he, he decides mm. to sort of take you on as uh, um, his apprentice, perhaps because um, you can't speak, so you can't give away all his tricks. Uh, he decides to help you out. You discover that there's more to what he chose you as you go along. Uh, but the idea is you're sort of taken upon as, as his apprentice and he teaches you all, all he knows. And you basically go in and try and trick French society. And you, you travel across France, you, you go into different inns and taverns and you meet famous French philosophers. Voltaire is there. Um, mm. You know, eight, loads of these 18th century kind of thinkers who are there having having a game of cards casanova you meet at one point um you meet john law there's all these different kind of enlightenment kind of people that you you come across and each um most games that you do you you you, as you're going there in your carriage with um your mentor he'll teach you a different trick that you've got to learn and i do i will say these tricks are not easy they're not sort of simple button pressing you do actually have to think about things doing them there's low there's 28 tricks you learn all in all um and normally you'll be told okay this one we're going to trick these people with this trick and you can um whilst you're doing the tricks and you're playing cards with people you can press escape and and sort of remind yourself there's a little reminder of what the trick is um but it's not just about quick time events although that's part of it uh, you do have to sort of work things out there's different things so you do feel like you are actually doing the trick like you could learn to cheese at cards by playing this game i i think because it, it teaches you kind of the, the mechanics of doing these kind of tricks so there's simple things some of it is quite fun as well and um at the bottom there's there's different difficulties you can do and i have to say at some points i have to choose easy because it, it is hard you've got to do this in a timed um amount of time um your there's a sort of suspicion meter at the bottom um of whilst the uh, whilst you're playing these games and um the more you kind of take 
the more time you take that the higher that that suspicion meter will go because your opponent starts to think you might be cheating mm. if you just take a game just look at your cards trying to figure out what to do uh some of the different tricks are quite fun there's one where for example you've got um a little reflective surface uh, on the table and w- as you're passing it over to your opponent you have to look at the reflective surface to see what card they've got uh, but you've got to do that quite quickly otherwise they get suspicious there's another one where you've got to pour um some wine for your opponent and and you've got to sort of press the um in this case the uh mouse and uh pour it over you can also play with the controller and they actually suggest you do but i just mm. i stuck with the mouse uh, and keyboard but um and as you, as you're pouring the wine you look at their cards and then you have to there's a um a complex set of signals you have to do with your um, mentor to signal to him what card they've got. Um, you have to, at one point you have to cross dress as a woman um, and you have a little mirror where you, you're looking in your mirror to see what cards they've got. And you have to signal to your mentor with your fan, whether they've got a King, a Jack, a Ace or a Queen. If, it, if it's halfway up, it's a King and, and that kind of thing. So there's loads of these different tricks and they're all very clever um and well thought out some of them are quite difficult that it took me a little bit to because it get, it goes into kind of like mathematics you've got to think okay well if i want my opponent to get this card and me to get this card i'm gonna to have to shuffle this amount of times and in jog the card and, and do and do all these like fancy tricks so um yeah it can get a little bit hard it is good that there's um a easy setting there's an easy normal and hard i didn't touch the hard setting because <laughs> normal was hard enough at most points and then i went to easy once or twice um you can uh, get caught so if the suspicion meter goes too high um you will either be put in prison or you'll just get shot you'll die um because it's it's you know 18th century france they're not going to mess around they'll just shoot you they're like you cheated. Um, and if that happens, I don't want to give too much away, but you, you, ent- you let's say you enter a different realm uh, for a little bit. And then, and if you can, if you can cheat, if you can quite literally cheat death, um, you, you can, you go back. Um, there's, e- there's a possibility if you can't cheat death, it actually deletes your entire save game. <gasps> uh, yeah. So be, oh, be wow. warned. Wow, yeah. that's hardcore. Wow. They're not messing around here. They're yeah. not messing around. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. I would say it, it really fits in with the the um the content of the game, the story, and that it's 18th century France. It the, the graphics do. It looks very like a sort of illustrated painting brought to life. It's very stylized in that way. The music is very much of the area, kind of lovely classical music. It's it's not voice acted, but I don't think I think maybe that's to its benefit because you you get to kind of imagine mm. all of these fantastic characters that you meet and it's very funny uh there's, there's a very intriguing story that that's going on there's a lot of deception as you might expect and you know is your mentor really who he says he is what's really going on why is he using you in this way should you trust him there's you know there's bits where you have to decide certain ways how you react to things and that builds up a different story uh yeah i thought it was really really clever it, it it isn't easy. I will stress again. It's not the quick time events are hard. You, you, I would be amazed if you, anyone was able to do all of it first time, but you, you know, you learn. And I guess that's the point. And I really did have to focus when I was doing some of the things I was like, okay, right. And I, I guess mathematics isn't really my strong suit as well. So anything that was to do with counting, I was like, oh no, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about this. I had to write things down. Uh, but yeah, really different style of game, not your usual card game. And I, I think that's to its benefit. It, it 
really leans into, um, you know, its setting and its era and makes something really, really unique. Um, and and it is witty as well. It's very well written and uh, quite quite a bit of a twist near the end too, which I won't give away. But yeah, if you if you like those kind of style of games, but move on a bit different, um, at least I think if the easy setting, it means you can get through it. It would have been nice, I think, at some point for you to, if you keep dying a section or if you keep losing to maybe just be able to skip it because at some point mm. I was like, okay, I really just want to get on with the story now. Uh, maybe if there was a story mode where you, you could just move on. But, you know, I, I still managed it in the end. So if I can, mm. I'm sure most people will. So <laughs> def- definitely want to check out if you, you're interested in card games and, and want something with a bit more story to it. Oh, magnifique. Uh, merci mm, beaucoup, Laura. Oui, oui. <laughs> Uh, mais mon, <laughs> dieu avec, mon dieu, avec the save games, uh, they, yeah. they, they yeah. cheat you out to, I'm um, doing a very bad, probably racist <laughs> French accent, so hurry, stop. <laughs> um, do you need to know how to play cards before you play the game? No, because okay. it does, at the very beginning, when you're doing the very first game, they'll say, now, do you know, if, you know, do you know anything about cards? Is Would you know, for example, is an ace a low or a high card? And and there, so there is a tutorial okay, for, for each um, for each mini game before you actually go into the into this wherever you are. You know, you could be at the baths. You could be there's there's when you meet Casanova. It's it's in this sort of the grounds where everyone's been having an orgy. So it's all kind of oh, I'm different. sold. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, but they sort of your drive up to each location, and you don't just go to France as well. You visit Switzerland. You visit Germany. You drive up to each location. There's a tutorial, and they go through it and. You you have to do it for your mentor and then he's satisfied when you've done it he'll be like okay so and there was quite a few bits where i got it wrong he was like come on lads <laughs> i've taught you this now i was like i'm trying it's very confusing but um yeah there, and, and what's interesting as well is some as you go on later on you'll be asked to kind of change up so you'll be expecting you're playing this one game and maybe your opponent is also cheating so you have to kind of on the fly you're not expecting it but your mentor might hint what you've got to do and you've got to suddenly change the game and, and do another trick that you've rehearsed previously um Ooh. so you do feel kind of clever playing yeah, you do, yeah, yeah. you're like oh I, I can actually do this I don't think I would have a clue what I was doing if I was doing this in real life without the computer <laughs> prompting me but it makes you feel like you know what you're doing oh that's uh that that's the best kind of way that it kind of like yeah. makes you feel <laughs> yeah that oh I know I would freeze if I was doing this in real life oh yeah especially if I was uh doing the cheating uh with the cards <laughs> 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 Mon dieu! Oh. Uh, allez! <laughs> allez! Leave it! Vous êtes un cheater! Uh, <laughs> sacre bleu uh, okay that, that's enough i think <laughs> yeah that's no, but it's, it look it looks fantastic it sounds very very interesting um i might might check it out i said the quick the quick time event as you mentioned you could do them it is quite difficult but for people with not great reflexes mm, um i would say it's it is tricky like mm. you do have to be fast even on the easy level it's fairly yeah. punishing with the quick time events. You've got to get in there. You've got to be quite so that. And I think that's the only issue I would have mm, is that you, you're kind yeah. of punished. You're punished for that because if you can't do those, you won't be able to progress with the story because you've just got to be able to do them. There's no kind of like, oh, you've messed it up enough. We'll just let you continue. You've just got to be able to do it. No, très, très mal. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, well, that is Card Shark, and it's available well on PC on Steam. Yes, it's on. I, I played it on Steam. Um, I think it's uh, also available. Let me just check. I think it might be on on the Switch as well. I'll just have a quick. Uh, as I said, it's Devolver Digital, so yeah, you know, they're they're pretty well known. Um, a pretty well known publisher. Uh, yeah, it's on it's on Steam, Switch, GOG, and Epic Game Store. Yeah, they're, they're, of course, also publishing, uh, I think, a little-known game about uh, an island with some animals, I believe, coming later this year. But it's good that they released this game, Card Shark. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they had their own uh, live, well, not live event, but their own uh, event uh, with traders. Uh, it's quite bizarre. There were these actors, and they were kind of making fun of themselves as well. There's one line where they said, uh, we're not developers. You know, we don't make games. We just publish them. We do everything except, you know, all put all the work and time and energy and cre- creativity. <laughs> That's what they said. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so that is a developer, Devolver Digital uh, live event. But this is Card Shark. And, uh, yeah, sounds pretty interesting. Um, where you can uh, cheat at the cards. Uh, well, uh, merci beaucoup, Laura. Um, so... Next, come on, <laughs> Okay, so now the next game that I'm going to talk about is The Bunker. Because when you're in isolation for a week, uh, what better game to play than about a man who's been in isolation? This time he's been in isolation for 30 years. So I see this is by Wales Interactive. Yes, again. this was uh, <laughs> we've heard of them. We've uh, it was originally published in 2016. The developers are Splendy Interactive. Uh, there are four writers as well. One of those writers is one Steve Ince of Broken Sword and Beneath the Steel Sky fame. And he also wrote at least a translation and he worked at, wrote the English version of The Witcher, uh, the first one. So he has, you know, good pedigree. So uh, in this game, you play as a 30-year-old man, as you saw in the trailer, 30 years after a nuclear explosion uh, in England. You are on your own on in the bunker and... Every day you have a routine. So you do the exact same thing. There are about five levels, I think. You stay on that level. It will be revealed later why. Um, And you do the exact same things over and over again. So you get your medication, you check the radio, you um, check to see the radiation levels in in that level on the bunker. Uh, Now you also read to, well, your mother, who is also kind of there as well. You know, she have flashbacks as well. And but then on what do you day, mean she's kind of there? Well, you see, I don't want to give she's there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's in bed. And uh, you okay. read her every night. You have three different books you can choose: uh Treasure Island, the Bible, or uh the bunker manual. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, three good options, whichever. Mm. Um and but then on the eleven, so then you have to check the as I mentioned the radiation levels on the levels and on Day 11,101, I believe. Thankfully, we don't go through all those 11,000 <laughs> days. Um, you, there is an error message. So you have to go and uh, fix, the, fix the bulb and uh, to try and fix the error. And then, of course, something happens. I don't want to give too much away. We do also see some flashbacks, which also kind of tell more the story about what happened, how you remained there, what happened to everyone else. Um, you know, what, maybe what happened outside, we find out. Um, and so it is an FMV game. This is slightly more interactive than Wales Interactive. So if you remember with uh, the complex, it was, ma- it was just choices mainly. This, there are no choices. It's just, you click on hotspots. And so for example, you see this bulb, you click on the bulb and then you click it on the, 
uh, place you need to put it in. So typical adventure games there. Now I wouldn't say there are any puzzles in the game. It's just mainly you know clicking around. There are no real choices up until the end. Uh, so it is quite linear. Um, so gameplay wise, now I did have to laugh on one trailer or teaser. It said uh, this is you know something that uh, her story fans have been waiting for, and it will revolutionize the FMV genre. First of all, it's nothing like her, her story. The only no. The only thing it has in uh, common is that it, uh, they're both FMV games and it doesn't revolutionize anything. <laughs> it, no. It's quite standard, quite by the numbers. I mean, I enjoy, I think the acting was good. They are professional actors. As we saw, it's Adam Brown, who was in The Hobbit, and I believe he's a comedian as well, although this is far from a comedic role. Uh, Sarah Green, who was in Penny uh, Dreadful. And oh, a Game of Thrones actor, Graham Fox, I don't know who he played in Game of Thrones, and the Jerome St. John Black, who was on uh, Star Wars. Um, so it took me about two and a half, three hours. I was never really stuck in it, but I was engaged in the story. And so there, I think the trailer makes it look like there is more horror than it is. Some of the scenes are a bit crazy. There are some horror moments, you know, some dead bodies and all, but it is more like a, a mystery kind of thriller, like what happened, and then there are some horror moments as well. There are some bloody moments that there was one scene where I was like, ah, I don't want to look. But, um, uh, you know, nothing too bad, I don't think. Um, you can also collect some figurines. Now, they don't really add to the story. It's just something extra. There are some also some quick time events, uh, maybe the flashbacks. I don't know how much they affect the story. I think the scenes are different. So, again, as we saw on the trailer, one quick time event is you're playing as a child version of yourself. You're hiding under the table. The two men are arguing. And one of your figurines is on the ground, and one of the men is going to walk on it. So you have to click very quickly to collect a figurine. The first time I failed the quick time event, it came up on me very suddenly. I didn't expect it, uh, but I, I got through all the other quick time events. Um, it looks good. It's uh, it's well directed. I think it's well shot. It's very professionally made. Um, but I do have to say, in terms of gameplay, there isn't really much. Mm. Uh, said you do kind of just click on objects and go to these places and there are no real choices to make up until the end you know the very very end so I think Wales Interactive have improved in that case I think uh, the complex was better that way with you know more choices uh, I think there are two possible endings but again you can play them also I did find frustrating at the end there's a quick time event that I wasn't able to get past and then they, you had to replay kind of a whole section. Now it was a couple mm. of minutes, but when you it's do the it, age old problem, when yeah. you do it again and again, like two, three, four minutes is a long time. If you see the same, I had that same issue with uh, Walking Dead. At, at yeah, some point. it's very yeah. frustrating. Uh, so, uh, and now it was at the very end, and thankfully it didn't was an issue throughout the whole game. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, but as I said, not much in terms of gameplay. So if you are looking for much in terms of gameplay, even any puzzles or choices. Um, but I think oddly enough, Wales Interactive have gone the opposite direction in just choices and then not much other gameplay. So I would like to see Wales Interactive if they could have a mixture of, you know, more like pointing and clicking like in this game and choices rather than just one or the other. But uh, look, if you have um, t two, three hours to spare, it's cheap on uh, Steam. I believe it was three euros or three pounds. Yeah, three sixty-six euros. Now I just, uh, I just bought sale, the, I just bought the bundle. Yeah. Now I think uh, usually it's I think ten euros, which 
I mean, it's not a lot of money for a lot of people, but still, you know, it's a three-hour game, not a lot of gameplay. I think people have to make up their own minds. Um, yeah, but there's I a lot of replayability in FMV games, so... Not in this one. There is, okay. th- yeah, in this one, it is fairly linear. There are two endings, but you just basically make a choice at the end. And I think you can, you know, re, you know, uh, go back to a save. Uh, you can manually save. That's a very good point. Very positive point. Ah, game of the year for you then. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, so the, the acting I thought was pretty good. Uh, maybe a bit over the top, but they are professional actors. Well done, well shot, and overall well written. From again, it's not Steve Ince's best game. I think Broken Sword, Beyond Steel Sky, are better. But um, but yeah, I enjoyed it overall. It's uh, I think it's available on Steam and GOG. I think in other places. Um, but yeah, if you if you want like this kind of like psychological thriller, uh, mystery drama with a bit of horror thrown in as well. There are some things like there are some people vomiting blood, you know, with radiation, but nothing too bad. So just but just let people know. Um, now the, the next game I'm going to talk about in a little bit that is boy that horror. But uh, this game is the bunker. And nice game, nothing revolutionary. Won't change the world, but I think uh, I passed the time with it. Um, and that is the bunker. Uh, any questions on that, or have I? No, I think oh. so. Would you, I mean not very replayable then? I guess no. if it's only got two endings. Yes, can got... you skip right to that ending, or would you have to replay all of it again? No, no, you can. Uh, you can go back to the very end. So once okay, you finish the game, I think there one of the saves, or even it automatically saves, I believe. So you can go back even if you didn't save. You can go back to the automatic save. Right. Uh, okay. And again, you do have to go through that quick time event up the stairs again, uh, to, <laughs> which I found frustrating. I eventually got through it. Um, and you can see the last ending, uh, or if not, you can go on YouTube and see the other ending. I guess, yeah. As well. So, yeah, recommend it if you want to pass two, three hours. Nothing revolutionary, nothing life changing. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, but overall, fun. but fun, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, that is the bunker. Uh, so next game, ooh, Laura, you're, uh, so, uh, so yes, I told you I was, uh, I had COVID and I, before that I had, uh, the, uh, the winter bug when I was traveling on a plane, not fun. And, uh, it, it felt like, uh, someone had put a spell on me. Someone had, you know, put a voodoo curse on me. And I kept thinking, if only I knew the voodoo detective. Right. Uh, <laughs> I was like, really wondering where you were going with that. I was like, how is he going to fit in voodoo detective? I really wanted to know if there was a voodoo detective to, so he could tell he or she could tell me someone had put the spell or had a voodoo doll. Mm. But before before you tell us about this voodoo detective, Laura, there is we have another trailer for this game, uh, which we can uh, show. There is some voice acting in this. So if you're listening, you can at least hear some of the voice acting. Uh, so before we get to Laura's review. Um, we will see um, some uh, trailer, a trailer for this game. So it's for Voodoo Detective. If you're looking for adventure, you will find it in Voodoo Detective. There's no case he won't take. I can offer you a $200 advance plus expenses. For that kind of cabbage, I'd voodoo investigate most anything. No mystery he won't investigate. Dining alone? Who did you say you were again? No crime he can't solve. I'm on to you, Crumsford. You can't hide from justice. How did you get into my office? And now he takes on his most puzzling point-and-click adventure yet. A mysterious client with an unforgettable case of amnesia. You lost your memory, huh? Did you check the couch cushions? There's action. Romance. Hoodoo. And more... 
starring Voodoo Detective in Voodoo Detective. Available May 24th. I don't think I quite got the name of that game, Laura. But <laughs> they mentioned it. <laughs> so, Laura, would you recommend this Voodoo Detective? Would he be able to help me? Uh, and so what what did you think overall? Yeah, I really would recommend Voodoo Detective, which kind of came out of nowhere for me. But um, as you can kind of tell, it, it's it's got its kind of Grim Fandango influences. It's sort of Monkey Island influences in that you're on this, you are on this tropical island. It, it's got some really great music, some kind of noir-tinged uh, music. But also I, I did get elements of kind of maybe Escape from Monkey Island with the music where you're, um, you're on this island that seems to be changing. Um, it's being bought up by this um, rich, uh, wealthy landowner who who wants to basically make a, a lot of things into franchises and and sort of sell the island to tourists, really. And you are Voodoo Detective. You do uh, have to use Voodoo in in your day to day life, as it said in. Uh, as it says there, um, you are confronted with this this woman who has this case of amnesia. She doesn't remember who she is. She's got this unusual pendant that she gives to you. She she believes she's the wife of, of this wealthy landowner. And it's up to you to kind of figure out what's really going on there and who she actually is. Um, and it's a very funny game. It's it's there are plenty of times um, it, where it kind of went a bit you know out of the box with its humor and kind of t- took me off guard and i i did laugh out loud quite a few times um it, it's it's very funny it's fully voice acted and i think the voice acting is top notch really really um good voice acting i think the um artwork is amazing very beautiful uh, again hand drawn um graphics uh, very nicely animated it looks really nice and uh you it, it's all very kind of feels a very traditional point and click sort of territory in in that um you know it's 2d you walk about you point and click you pick up objects you combine them you have this voodoo spell book and um that's kind of the basis of a lot of the puzzles because it tells you how to do certain things such as um maybe capture a soul or get sudden strength or there's a love potion you have to concoct so that's kind of the mechanics for a lot of the puzzles you've got to think okay what spell would would i need for this situation and then i've got to find the ingredients for it and some of the puzzles aren't you know most of them i would say pretty you know standard and you can solve them pretty quickly it's just about having the the right uh items one or two i was like oh actually that's quite you know intuitive that's quite ingenious one or, one or two of them you, you do have to think about it um a little bit um but it, it all come, came eventually it, you know none of it took too hard and yeah i it's just a really well-made uh, enjoyable um point and click adventure game and uh how lovely that the genre isn't dead and this is in the long line of recent point and click adventure games that have been just really well made, well produced, great voice acting, looks brilliant, um, you know, and really interesting story as well. It sort of says at the beginning, uh, whilst we touch on on, you know, voodoo and, you know, this as a as a kind of, you know, um culture um which obviously is actually believed in real life by certain um you know groups of people they say you know our intention isn't to offend or anything we we take some of that and then we make it our own so we're not trying to say this is obviously what voodoo is like uh you do get a glossary in the back of your voodoo spell book that explains a bit more about the culture 
behind um, voodoo and what is the certain groups that believe it. So you do learn a little bit about that sort of thing, but then they take it on their own sort of spin and stuff. I mean, I've never sort of really seen a noir voodoo game before. (laughs) So it's, uh, there's nothing to compare it to really. That's comedic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, obviously you'll think, well, voodoo, hmm, Ireland hmm, reminds me of another game, maybe. Um, But it, you know, it it wears those influences on its sleeve, but Mm. I think it does it. Well, it's not continuously sort of nudging you being like, hey, mm. hey, and like do, doing a lot of meta in jokes about a monkey island and those kind of things. It, it oh, does. It's, a, it's got its a, influences, but then it, it moves on and it doesn't just like keep going. Mm. Hey, we know about monkey island, too. And, you know, doing the same jokes. Yeah. Shouldn't Gabriel Knight be a bigger influence? Yeah, then? I guess. Yeah, fair mm. enough. I mean, he yeah, I, I, I felt more that there was more. I mean, I suppose, yeah, because of the noir detective angle, but I and the voodoo as well, because and the, whole, the voodoo, the yeah, first but I, game I is about voodoo, I, it, it, but it felt more more Monkey Island. Yeah, because oh. of the Caribbean setting, I guess okay. yeah. it felt a bit um, more like that. But yeah, you're right. There, there is a bit of that angle. So it does. And, and then the noir angle feels quite Grim Fandango. So it, it does. Mm. You could say, well, this is quite well-trodden <laughs> ground for, um, you know. But then, you know, as well, I mean, Voodoo Detective, that is his name. He's just called Voodoo Detective. You know, he's black as well. Let's yeah. just say that, you know, it does feel a, a, a more good. authentic. And, yeah, you, more, you more know, in that sense. Yeah, cool. No, it's, uh, I, I spoke with the developers. People can check out the uh, interview both on yes. our YouTube channel. Short and Sleeve their, Studio. Yes, uh, two really, really nice guys. And yeah, they have said upfront they are big fans of Monkey Island, so much so that they got uh, the, one of the composers of Monkey Island, Peter McConnell, uh, to do the music in this game, who also did uh, Grim Fandango and Psychonauts. So he has really good pedigree and the voice talent as well. I don't know the exact names, but they have appeared in Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Final Fantasy, Fallout, Diablo, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Star Trek, Austin Powers, and many more. And again, uh, the developers spoke to me about how they got uh, all of these incredible people uh, to join them. And again, I think it says a lot about the game itself and about the developers, if they're able to get this cast and Peter McConnell. And uh, also, I think it looks fantastic. It is, you know, you mentioned Gabriel Knight there, Thomas, but from the screenshots, it's definitely, it looks more kind of, um, you know, more like Monkey Island, more, you know, from the trailer, it feels more comedic, but noir as well. And they did say that they love, um, uh, you know, Philip Marlowe and, and that. Um, so yeah, I want to play this game. I'm looking forward to it. So you definitely yeah. recommend it then. Oh, totally. Yeah. If you are in any way love with point and click adventure games, you gotta play this. <laughs> cool. Uh, so that is uh Voodoo Detective. And again, available on Steam. I don't know, is it available on GOG? Uh, I can look it up. I think it might oh. just be Steam, but let me just have a, a quick look for that. But as you say, it's the publisher and uh, developer is this one and the same. It's a uh, short mm. sleeve. Um, studio it's available apparently on good well you can play it on uh mobile apparently um oh. as well and ios i didn't realize you could play it on android but yeah epic games app store google play and steam cool uh well thank you laura so that is again beauty detective so now something for a, a little bit different very different uh martha is dead and uh, batman won't be happy with this uh, or Superman. Superman either. Yeah. No. Uh, but, <laughs> but again, name with their mothers, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, this is a, quite a controversial game. 
But uh, now before we get to review, I will show a trailer. Now I will mention that this game, and I will touch on these, there's some disturbing topics that the game does touch on, well, depression and self-harm. So I won't talk too much, but just to let people know in advance. Um, now I will show a trailer. Now the trailer, I believe, deals with more the supernatural part of the game, which with uh, the white lady, which uh, we will see now. But um, yeah, so here is a trailer for this very disturbing game, Marta is dead. Nanny? Yes, Julia? Martha's not here. So could I hear the story of the white lady again? But you always find that story scary. Yes, Nanny. But I'm with you. So I know nothing can hurt me. Oh, all right, little one. There was once a couple madly in love who would often stroll by a lake. But one day, in a fit of jealousy, the man drowned the young woman. Too much love brought death. How can love also be so bad? This is something you will learn with age, Poppet. The man confessed, so he was hanged in the middle of the very same lake where he had killed his beloved. They searched everywhere, but the girl's body was never found. Since then, the spirit of the girl, known as the White Lady, wanders restlessly in search of relief from her eternal suffering. Only the life of another young woman can give the lady a moment of peace. That's always terrible to hear. I'll never get used to it. <sighs> you never get used to that kind of pain, my sparrow. But those in great pain can attempt to evoke the lady through a dark ritual and magic of the tarot. As the lady knows their suffering all too well, she could show them pity. Or she may not. Ah. <laughs> oh man, what a great trailer. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, there's another one that I saw. I didn't think it was quite as good. Uh, but this one, you get the sense of what this game is about because, blimey, Charlie, <laughs> I was curious about this game. It was released back in uh, February, I think, when uh, it was 24th of February, 2022. Now, there were some scenes of this game, or one scene in particular, that was actually removed from the PlayStation Store. Yes. I don't know if you heard about that. Or, yes, I did. Or censored. Oh, I didn't. No, it's... Uh, it's, I mean, we could have a whole discussion on censorship, whether the PlayStation made the right decision or if they, you know, should have had more warnings instead or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it, is a, it is a horror game, very horror game, both, uh, um, you know, visually and, uh, and psychologically. Uh, so you play as, uh, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, yes, you play as Julia. This is set in 1944 in Italy. You play as Julia. You're a photographer, and uh, you have a twin sister called Marta, who is deaf. And uh, you're taking photos in the lake, as we saw in the trailer. There's um, 
uh, the story about the lady in the lake, uh, you know, the white lady, and that story how she also can kill other women who are go- who are there. And you see a dead body in the lake, and you see that it is your sister, your twin sister, Marta. Now, Marta is the popular one with your mother. Your mother really doesn't like Julia. Uh, so without thinking, you take her name tag from her neck, from the necklace, put it on yourself. So your parents come rushing over, and they believe that uh, Julia is the one who is dead, and they believe that you are Marta. So you now have to pretend to be Marta. So you have to pretend to be, well, hard of hearing. Um, and do things that Marta would do. So for example, every morning you have to read the paper, uh, which Judy wouldn't do, but Marta would do, not respond to anybody because you're not supposed to hear, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, also then find out, try and find out what happened to Marta. How did she die? Was she killed? Was it suicide? Was it an accident? Because your father is a German commander, um, but who confusingly has an Italian accent. I played it in Italian. Um, uh, with English subtitles, but you have to try and find out what happened. And then in the background, it's the war as well. The Allies, the you know the British and the New Zealand armies are advancing further and further. So you have that to go as well, and you have more and more planes flying over. So uh, it looks incredible. It is uh, more a walking simulator. There are some puzzles as well. So first of all, I thought the story was really well told. The, you know, mostly at least it's a mystery, drama, horror. It's, uh, I thought it was very clever how you play as uh, Martha. Now, again, there probably could have been a bit more choices. You don't really decide, you know, whether to respond or not. It is scripted. It is written. Um, and so you don't have as much control as I would have liked personally in the game. It is more linear. But it is a well-told story. Um, and as I said, I played it in the original Italian. And the voice acting, for me at least, was really good. <laughs> sounded authentic. Sounded yeah. Really good. Uh, this was English in the trailer, uh, which was also quite good. So they've obviously spent a lot, a lot with, uh, with the voice acting. It, it looks incredible, I think, for an adventure game. I think it has budget. Um, there are scenes as well with planes flying over, as I said. There are some creepy scenes as well um, that I thought, which I'll talk a little bit more now very shortly. Um, and uh, regarding gameplay, there are some puzzles you can said uh, Judy's a photographer, so you can spend more time with the camera, so you can use different filters. And now it is a bit simplified than in real life, but it's still more complex than I think most other adventure games. So if you wanted to, there are extra things you could do uh, to go photographing different things and you know for achievements. I didn't really bother. I mainly stuck to the main story, but if you wanted to, you could do that, which I thought was a nice addition. There is uh, one puzzle in the game was, um, uh, kind of what you call a, a, a telegraph, you have to send a literal telegraph. Uh, so you do have a choice in the game, and then based on the choice, you can send a telegraph, um, which was, at first I didn't really understand it, then once I got it, I was like, oh, this is this is clever, this is fun. So it is, it is a well-made game. Now, did I enjoy it? <laughs> I don't know. Most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, it is not you know, that is more a mystery. But there are some scenes that are incredibly both gory and disturbing. Okay. There are at least three scenes in particular. I think two of them, or maybe it's, I think three of them are dream sequences. But yeah, they're incredibly gory. I don't want to give any real spoilers, but, you know, they're very, very, very gory. And, you know, dismemberment and, you know, with, with dead bodies. But to, I have to say, it did make sense in the game. At least for two of those scenes, 
why she was doing it. It wasn't pleasant, but I never kind of questioned the motivation. So that was one thing going for the game that, that, that was well written in that sense. Now, I do it mild spoiler, and again, to give advance warning, there is one scene that was the most controversial scene, which was of self-harm. Now, you don't really see anything. It's more implied, and it is more like a dream. They are more like mannequins, um, but it is still very disturbing. Now, visually, it's not the most disturbing, but I can understand why it was controversial. That was a scene that uh, PlayStation removed from the store. I played it on PC, and before that scene, it does give you warning. Um, and you can skip it if you wish. Now, I think it is a relatively important story, but you can skip it if, uh, you know, you don't want to play that scene, obviously. Um, now, as I said, I can be squeamish, but thankfully I'm not usually really affected by these things. I mean, I played 12 minutes and Suicide of Rachel Foster. I think this is probably better than those games, but it, I think it's more disturbing. It's definitely more disturbing. And then towards the end, it just goes all hell for letter. There's all kinds of abuse. Thankfully, they didn't see any sexual abuse, but there's physical abuse, child, ch children abuse, animal mm. abuse. Now, most of this is done with puppets. So I suppose it is not minimized, but less of it, but it's still pretty disturbing. And it's more, I was like, what the hell? This is gone, <laughs> gone completely insane. And, uh, you know, the people are not nice people in this case. Now, again, you are wondering, is this really, you know, did this really happen? Or is right, this okay, so it's a bit the... of that, is it? Uh, so it was well done. It's a very well-made game, uh, but it is. it does get very disturbing, as I said, very gory. Um, so, and again, I think people just have to decide themselves. See a trailer, read more about it if you're unsure. Um, as I said, there is that scene of self-harm, which you can skip if you wish, but then there are other scenes, blimey Charlie, that are that are very disturbing. And um, but yeah, it took me about eight hours to play overall. And uh, no, I never really got stuck, and I didn't really do any of the extras. So you could. And then there's also again, you know, it's not really about the puzzles. There is another dream sequence where uh, you are running, and then you have to go either left or right, and there are words and to form sentences. So if you form the correct sentence, you choose the correct word. Uh, so for example, I, uh, you know, it's a choice, you know, I or I am or you are. So you're to choose. Now you're not really told, so I am Martha or you are Martha, for example. You're not told which one it should be, but if it's wrong, you just go back to the beginning. And if it's right, it, can, it you continue. But that was quite well done. So there was some creativity as well. It wasn't just, I mean, I like walking simulators, but it wasn't just a walking simulator. Um, I said, well written, very well made, very disturbing in places. Uh, so if you are into horror, if you don't mind, yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, well, there is. I, you might like it, then, Laura. Mm. There's body horror in this, all kinds of horror, um, mm. and it it was interesting. I'm not usually much of a horror fan. I'm a bit squeamish, but I said not easily affected. But I was a little bit. I won't lie. It was. Uh, I was, you know, I did played. I, I did think this game was going to finish sooner than it did, but it kept going. And I played late into the night, and then I was like, oh, bloody hell, I probably ah. shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it is a very well-made game. Voice acting Italian, you can play this in Italian. Or I know one kind of what minor criticism is, I played as I said, in authentic Italian, but and the voice acting is in Italian, but then the in-game text, so in the newspapers and all, is in English. And it's not a big deal, but it's just kind of like we are in Italy. I'm playing mm. it in Italian, and then a newspaper and in-game text is all in English. I thought just the subtitles would be in English, 
but look, it's it's a minor thing, but it is kind of like, well, you know, they made a developed made a big deal about how this was in Italian, that this was the first option in the settings. Mm. But clearly, I think they're they're guessing that most people in English-speaking countries at least would play this in English. Uh, but it is a bit of a shame because I, I would have liked them to go the whole hog with uh, you know authenticity because they go the whole hog other ways. <laughs> Um, but uh, but yeah, it's a game that I, I was thinking about and I think people will be thinking about. Quite controversial. Like, as I said, I don't know if removing the scene, you know, was the right choice. As I said, I think what to do with PC, where they give the players a choice. Uh, personally, I think that might have been better that they tell you kind of in advance um, what it's about. Um, but, but yeah, so Marta is very dead. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of other things that happened. So, uh, if there's any any more you guys want to want to know, were you happy with the ending? Obviously, don't give it away. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think I think so. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it probably could have been a little bit better, but I think yeah, no, I, I say I was. I think it did, but I think it's definitely better than twelve minutes. I mean, I didn't hate twelve minutes, but I think it felt, as I said, it felt more more natural. Um, that it mightn't tell you absolutely everything you know players might have their own theories but um but yeah it does build up to a climax and then as i said different things happen. but yeah overall the yeah, i would say yeah mm. um i thought maybe it could have been a little bit better but overall I, I liked it so yeah that is marta is dead um she sure is yeah oh, absolutely and a whole other things in between so uh, before we get to Laura's game, uh, now for something quite different. Uh, Thomas, you've been quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's because I've been reading a lot. Yeah, so you've been reading. You haven't, uh, I mean, uh, once again, you haven't played any adventure. You know, I know you've been busy, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know real life happens, but you have read uh, uh, two books. Uh, so yeah, well, what, yeah. what were the books and uh, how are they relevant to adventure games? Well, the books are uh, written by John Inkle, uh, by John Ingold from Inkle. And Inkle is, of course, the creator of Heaven's Fold, which is one of my favorite games of all time. We did an interview with uh, Mr. Ingold a couple of months ago. When, when was that? Was last year? Yeah, last, last year, year, I think. Yeah. I think it was last year. <laughs> right before the, uh, the books, like I think like one or two months before the books were going to come out, we had both already uh, pre-ordered those, uh, those books. And uh, well, they came in. And as soon as I finished the Expanse uh, series, I dove into the Heaven's Fold books. We have a trailer for the game of Heaven's Fold, if you want to uh, just uh, put that really? in the chat. Well, and let's... so this is based on um, it's based on on the game. These books are of following the story of the game, or what, what's the idea? Behind? Yes, I, I I would say well they add a lot of backstory and a lot okay. of extra things. I would say this would be like an alternative way of going mm. through the game. Um, the main thing is like you you, you play the you play the mm -hmm. same main character. You come across as a lot of the characters. Uh, that you come across in the books are also in the game. However, the game is a game and the book is a book. So um, the game so is way more linear in, in a way that um, 
like in the game you go from location to location because you're looking for clues and you find another location you go there and the way that that is handled in the books is different like certain locations you see in flashbacks or certain locations you go but you do see all those locations and it mm. gives way more shall, uh yeah so, sorry because you're off time shall we play a trailer to remind yes. people yeah okay. yeah go ahead uh, this is the game, obviously now the books. It would be, <laughs> so this is the written word. Right now, this is a trailer of the game. It was released a few years ago, pre-COVID, in fact. So again, hopefully this uh, this will work. So here is a trailer for the game Heaven's Vault. History is a science. It's the reconstruction of the past. I'm an archaeologist. I dig stuff up. Every ancient inscription I decipher is a piece of the puzzle. Every moon I sail to reveals a new path to explore. And every new discovery can change the story entirely. History belongs to everyone. It's how we know who we are. But will the story I put together be the truth? Just makes me want to play Heaven's Vault yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Such a good game. Um, the books do that as well, by the way. I, I, I finished yeah. the books and I, uh, I actually, I really wanted to play the game again. So yeah, so that was a trailer of the game, Heaven's Vault. But as Thomas, you were mentioning, you were talking about that John Ingold released not one, but two books. Yes. Uh, well, it's, ba it's so... basically, it's basically one story. It's, hmm. it, it could have been one book, but it makes sense in a way that he, uh, he changes in two books. Book one is the loop and book two is the vault. Um, and it's all, uh, it's all connected, but it's all, it gives so much more background to, um, to, to, to the world. Like, obviously, there's only so much you can do in a game. And uh, for, uh, for a world that is very lively and very, very old and a lot, sometimes a game can feel not as lived in or not as, not as that is not as has as many people living in this world as there should be well the in the book when you once you read the books you definitely get that idea and it just adds uh, a lot to alia elazra's uh background you 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 uh really get to know where she's coming from why she's doing the things she's doing why certain relationships that are in the game are the way they are because you can give all this background in the books you can have a whole chapter about uh, her friendship with uh, specific characters and why and what happened to her robots the, because the robot you get in the game is six that also happens in the books but why does she name him six because it's the sixth robot she's got what happened to the other five well you really find out if you read the books so I feel like the, the books are an old are, are like a companion piece exactly yeah to the game where uh, like the game I think has three endings uh, this could be considered like a fourth uh, a fourth ending even though it might uh, look like one of the endings you get in the game as well and it gives a really cool idea of how the translation goes how she uh, how she uh, yeah how she does that so some of the choices that are different that that I made in the games uh, in my playthrough of mm. the game um, which resulted in a completely different 
storyline. Well, uh, now I know what happened. Uh, if if maybe I made certain other changes, it's just a, it's really well written. You can honestly, uh, you can feel that uh, this was his world that he created. Um, it's not, it's not like it's fanfic or anything. No, this is really mm. uh, a lot of the stuff that is in here. Like it feels like he can he, uh, that that John could add to this world by creating these books the things that he couldn't add in the game or that he couldn't explain as much in the game without taking a lot of the agency of the player away. So I, I highly recommend them. If you, if you loved, uh, well, especially if you loved Heaven's Fold as much as I did, but even if you just thought it was a really fascinating world, these books are definitely worth diving into. Um, you, you, you find out where she got her ship. Uh, there's, there's so much more in the books and they, they read, I found them. I read them like I tore through Very them, quickly, yeah. like binging a binging a TV <laughs> show. So, um, and I've read a lot, really a lot already this year. And these are, uh, I, I would give them, uh, I would rate them five out of five because of the, especially because of the world building. It's just done so so well. And if if John is doing this for more of his properties, then uh, that this could be very interesting. Or I hopefully maybe he'll stick with this world and maybe write some more heavens full mm. books as well because uh, you could easily take the story further or dive maybe into more of the past and what happens in the past so it's cool it's really cool uh heavens full the loop and heavens full part two the vault by john ingold would you say would you suggest playing through the game first and then reading the books or could you read the books first and 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 get the game or would you do you think it, you'd need to have played the game first you don't need to have played the game first, but I would recommend playing the game first just to have the whole fantastical experience of discovering everything you discover in the game. Uh, I had played the game first, then I read the books, and I recognized the situation, or the, the the locations from the books, but it was just done completely. And if you read the book first, you might get a, a different view. And mm. I think it, I think it's better to play the game first at least once Mm. It also helps you with visualizing what the world looks yeah, like. Yeah, I would say, I mean, obviously, depending on how much time people have, if you can play the game, I would recommend to do that. Because I don't, as Thomas said, it's a it's a companion, I think. Is, well, even if you have played it, I don't want to spoil it, because the differences, you know, depending on our choices in the game, uh, you know, the book will probably be quite different in places. And there are more flashbacks in the book. I think there are actual flashbacks. So we find out more about, as Thomas said, the ship, uh, the robot and your relationship with uh, your best friend, whose name I can't remember, um, but who appears in the game as well. You can understand more in the book why she feels that way to you. And she actually has a point. Uh, yeah. and it, you can understand, definitely. Uh, yeah, I thought they were fantastic. fantastic. Now, I, I don't know if you haven't played the game, what people will take. I presume there are a more people who have played the game, but I wonder how people would visualize it, you know, if, um, you know, the sailing as well and with the world. Uh, but they are very well described. I mean, the books are descriptive. Like, John is a fantastic He's uh, a great writer. storyteller. John, yeah, he's a great yeah. storyteller. So I think even if you haven't played the game, if you don't have the time, because it's a long game, uh, you know, and because I know some people who, you know, they might prefer to read books uh, than play because you might not have that much time. So that could be an option as well. But definitely, if you have the time, I would also recommend do both because it's a fantastic game, fantastic world. And it, it, it the book is, can be different as well because depending on the choices, 
I think it's very unlikely that our playthrough would be exactly the same. Oh, it's not exactly. It, it, it won't book, be the so. same. No. So, but it's 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 very very well written. Uh, and there's there's two books as well, not not just one. And uh, and and yeah, I would also you know really recommend it, especially if you're a fan of of the game. It's uh, it's great to go back to that world. And like Thomas, I was kind of like, oh, I'd love to go back into this world and play this game again. Yeah. And uh, and you know maybe try some different choices. Well, I can't remember the choices I made um, when I played the game, but uh, but yeah, definitely if uh, you know very well recommended. Absolutely, I'll have to get it. Yeah. So again, there's two of them because if you just buy one of them, you might be like, hey, hang on a second, this this is no, it's yeah, it's really it's really part one and part two. It's yeah, not like it's, book two is a sequel or anything. It's no, really no, it's a continuation. Part one and two of the same yeah. story. And uh, it would be fantastic if it was a TV series or something of these. But oh, it would be fantastic. I, mean, I don't know, as I don't know how story. likely it would uh, that is, but uh, but yeah. So that is Heaven's Vault, uh, the books, um, which can be bought. I will leave a link as well. I think they can be bought directly on the store, probably Amazon as well, and typically. But we we bought them Thomas, directly from the Inco. Yeah, we, we bought it directly from their yeah, store, so and prob- it was uh, delivered pretty fast too. Yeah. So probably better to try and get it from them, if possible, to help uh, the company. So the final game we're going to talk about. Uh, Laura, you've been playing this for well, was it a couple of months. I know between the other games you've been playing. Um, about a month and a half, yeah. Yeah, which which is a long time for you. I mean, bloody hell, well, a I, month and a half. I played it twice, so <laughs> oh, I okay. de- <laughs> <laughs> I've had it for a month and a half. Um, I've played it for about, uh, I can tell you now, uh, nine hours, yeah. Well, Parable. we should say what it is. It's the Stanley Parable yeah, Ultra Deluxe. Deluxe. This is a game that obviously most, I think, people who are into their adventure games would have at least have heard of. Mm. It came out, the original came out in 2013. But this is the Ultra Deluxe version, which basically means they've taken the original. And the original still exists and you still play it in this game. Um, and but they've just added a whole lot more content to it, more choices, more sequence. They've visually upgraded the original um, to reflect modern technology. There's more accessibility features as well, localization as well. So it's kind of like an upgraded version of the original, but there's also extra features. So if you played all of the original and you think, well, you know, do I really want to play it if it's just remastered, if it just looks a bit better? There's there's lots of new content as well. Now, I had never played the original. Um, so I came into this completely fresh. Um, it's really hard to describe this game. So what, what is this game about, Laura? And yeah, what's the elevator pitch for this game? How do you I, I mean, it's a game that I, was, I do feel has inspired a lot of other break outside the box games like there there is no game and, and things like that. It's, do it's not clearly buy this game. in yeah, it's inspired those kind of surreal meta games that, you know, are, are, are really thinking out the box. And um, I feel like this is one of the, the original ones. Um, it's you play or you maybe don't play as Stanley. Uh, you have this narrator who is voiced yet again by the amazing Kevin Brighting. Fantastic. Uh, one of the, the sort of most well-known voices in adventure games because of the work he did in the in the Stanley Parable. Such a, a brilliant voice actor. And basically he is your narrator 
as you go along, um, the, the beginning of the game, as it sort of starts with that trailer, I will say all of that footage, that most of that footage that you saw um, at the beginning of that is all just made for the trailer. You don't actually see that in, in the game. That's just for the trailer. Okay. Um, that was just to highlight the kind of weirdness, I think, of the game. And it's basically just about you going along a path in an office and breaking out the mold or not breaking out the mold. You can choose to follow the way the narrator tells you to, to go about your path. The, the narrator will say Stanley chooses a door on the left. You could decide to choose the door on the left or you could decide to not choose a door on the left. And the narrator will react to what you've done. He'll go, oh, okay, yes, fine. Check, check out this room first and you'll, you'll do that. And then he'll keep trying to lead you a different way. There are many, many different achievements in this game. Um, you can't really, I've, I've tried to say, I said this to you guys, there isn't really an end to this game. <laughs> Because it's just about more possibilities and more pathways in this. How does that work then? What, well, when... there's no story. There's no, you are Stanley and you're not Stanley and you're wandering around and you open new possibilities and the narrator tells you to do certain things. There's a whole new pathway that's brought into this game with a bucket. There is endless new storylines because... with this bucket and the bucket brings about so many new ways to look at the world of the Stanley parable. Um, and you, you think, okay, what if I did this with a bucket? Uh, basically, there's no inventory. You don't have, um, all you could do is interact with things or walk about. So there's no sort of, there's no puzzles really. There's no combining. I suppose the puzzle is maybe just thinking outside of the box and going, well, could I do this? Could I go there? There were some things that I did when I was streaming it that people were like, oh, I didn't think to do that because it just depends what you want to do. You, you've got to have a kind of anarchist mind about about it really and just mess things up and see what happens. And honestly, some of the weird things that happened in this game, I just wasn't expecting. And there's just very strange things that happen in this game. It's all quite surreal and eccentric and weird. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go with this. This is happening now. And... Uh, the Ultra Deluxe, I think there's basically a whole new section of the game that they added, which they call the Stanley Parable sequel bit. And you go about and it's it's them deciding what a Stanley Parable sequel would be. And the narrator's kind of pitching to you different things that you can do for this sequel. And you're kind of going along, testing everything out. And there's more that happens to it alongside that kind of thing. And you also go through a very meta bit where it talks about the original Stanley Parable and you you look at reviews of Stanley Parable but that, that but then you you open a door and it goes onto the steam reviews and there's loads of negative reviews and the narrator's like oh no no let's 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 go back to the critic reviews <laughs> stop looking at the steam reviews um and there's bits like that it's very very witty and each each time when you think oh it's just it's going back you know it's going to be just some little meta in joke and that's all it is then it does something really weird and unexpected and it, it just yeah i i will say I guess it, it's really hard to, I mean, I, as I said, I played it for nine hours. I have definitely not unlocked everything. I will, I do want to play a bit more of it, but I could equally have stopped it here and be like, I've experienced it. I kind of get what it's about. I've enjoyed it. I've done a fair bit. I know I've not discovered everything in the game because there's all these little secrets um, and different pathways. That you, it's, it's basically like you going through a, a labyrinthine office and, and, thinking outside the box and going, well, what if I did this this time? What would happen there? It's a bit like 12 minutes where it's got this endless time loop, mm. but without the incest. <laughs> <laughs> that should uh, go but, on the marketing. It's a bit like 12 <laughs> minutes without the incest. <laughs> and, and with more just the surrealness and just the, 
the, the unusual concept of, oh, well, if, if I did this with a bucket this time, what would happen? Or if I didn't switch, if I didn't press yes and I press no to this, then what would happen then? And then you'll go into the next bit and then something else might happen. Uh, you know, there's a part where you're in this room and the telephone is ringing and you, you can just pick up the telephone and that might get you an ending, but you can also just take the plug out of the telephone and then the narrator will be like, oh, what are you doing? And, and reacting to that. And, and that's kind of all it is, really. It, it's, it's nothing more than that. But I think it works on the principle that Kevin Brighting is so funny and just enunciates things so well. It's the perfect voice for the narrator. And the game is just you know endlessly surprising and I think it just works on that level I think some people will get frustrated with it because that's all it is mm. there's no real you you might be trying to think but well, what's the point like where am I getting to what's going on and, what's it all about and it is a bit confusing I will say this it is a bit confusing if you haven't played it before and there are some bits that you know are expecting you to have maybe have a bit of nostalgia for things and I was like well I don't know because I've never played this before and because you can you can do stuff in there's no start middle or end you can just go into things and uh, you, have, you bumble into something and it, it starts something and you keep going so you might begin with the end basically and and then go through and and then something that's referencing you come across later it because you could just do pathways at whatever point you want basically so that uh, I think I did that a little bit at the beginning and I was like I don't know what it's talking about here but then I mm. played that bit later and I was like oh right it was talking about that okay fine um, so there is that, and I think it probably does work a bit if you have played it before, but it, I still, you know, enjoyed it a lot because in the end you'll, you'll play it all. Um, yeah, that I would say it's kind of the, the basis of those meta game, more the meta games that we're seeing now, but I think it's probably still one of the best ones of that kind of genre. Yeah. One of the, well, would it be fair to say one of the original, one of the earlier? Yeah, meta, I think so. I can't think of many of this type. Yeah, I I've never heard of many. a game like this before, to be honest. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've heard of this game, but I've never yeah, heard yeah, of yeah. a game like this. Well, I, mean, I, I would say, like, for example, there is no game. Yeah. Uh, it is a very a strong example. A couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. One of our favorite games of that year that I think you and I played, there's a, Laura. There's a demo we played called Do Not Buy This Game. Yes, which, which is similar that you do the yeah. opposite of what the narrator tells you. Yeah. And uh, I mean, th there is no game. It was fantastic. It is a game. Yeah, it was very good. It was very uh, good. Though. And I really enjoyed the demo. Do not buy this game. I think I definitely will buy the game. <laughs> but then with this game as well, you know, I think you can tell that this is probably the original, you know, meta. But it does seem very clever, as as you mentioned. And and yeah, I I would love to to try it for myself just to see what all the fuss is about because it's um it's uh it. <laughs> it does seem kind of mad. Yeah, but... I can't really explain it more than that. I don't want to give away some of the bigger surprises <laughs> and weird bits. But yeah. I mean, it, it does get a bit dark at points as well. There are some dark bits, some creepy bits. It's not all frivolity, but um, I think that's just makes it more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I hope it doesn't go as dark as Marta is dead because I think I've had. <laughs> no, I, I, having heard of some of the things that happen in Martha's Dead, it doesn't. I oh, can boy. safely say no, no. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But uh, yeah, so that is a Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. And so you played it uh, for you said nine hours. You still, there's no ending that you can see, but it's... Well, I've, I've got endings. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I've experienced endings. But you can but... still play on, can you? Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, because there's at least 20 different endings. You know, oh, okay. there's, there's many different do you, endings. Do you so... have to reload the game from a save point? It or... just restarts automatically. There's no saving. 
there's no, no oh no saving oh no so what how do you like if you finish if, well, you, if you exit the game it'll just it just keeps i mean it saves in the sense that it saves where you are but you oh, don't okay. have to think you, there's no you okay you don't have to okay. manually save it just saves for you. so it saves whenever you quit then yeah yeah okay that's fair enough uh so you don't have to go back to the to the beginning no 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 there's none of that so okay yeah so that's the stanley parable ultra deluxe uh one of the probably weirder games meta games but Mm. definitely you recommend it then yeah i mean meta to the extent that there's like there's some tiny little qr codes you can discover in the game and scan it and it takes you to a website where they've made this entire 20 minute youtube video that you can watch which is a a a trailer for some other thing and it's not even for the game it's some other weird thing and it's the narrator putting on this weird American accent. <laughs> and it's just, and you're like, they've just made this whole other website in this YouTube video, that, which you, you don't, you, if you didn't scan that bit, you'd never discover. But yeah, it's, it's one of those games it's going to have people talking about for a long, that fans talking about for a long time because it's got so much hidden content. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of those that really encourages people um to, to really delve deep into it and look into it. But the, the beauty of it is, is if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. Yeah. So again, it's your choice, player choice. Cool. Well, I, I would, I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of want to play this now. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Laura. And thank you, Tom. So that's all. We've played quite a few adventure games that we play. I was, telling, you. <laughs> I was telling, telling Thomas that I think it's just with adventure games that they're very, you know, you were saying, Laura, as well, that there's a lot of adventure games. I think good, different varieties. And I think they're very creative because I was telling Thomas about the, I'm going to get it wrong. The trailers with Jeff Kylie, the Summer Fest thing. Oh, Summer Game. I think it's Summer Game Fest. Summer Game I Fest. Think I mean, there were some interesting games. I believe when Astray was with the state of play, and then I think there was another Adventure season. But a lot of the AAA games seem similar. Like there's just after 20 minutes, there seem to be like five sci fi horror games set in the space station. And I'm a fan of kind of games like that, but it just seems to be like, People like AAA developers kind of like, oh, well, this is what people like. So we're going to do it's what, more. Yeah, it's what sells. I mean, exactly. But there's side with little, their uh, with their money. So very little. I mean, those games might be very good, sorry enough, but it just seems that compared to the indie scene, compared to, and I'm, you know, I do like AAA games and AAA movies as well. But just this year, just from this, uh, you know, summer game festing. I was kind of like, oh, another sci-fi horror Another game. space thing. Why was another everything fa- set in space? And I love space. I, I yeah. like, oh, wow. But now I'm like, okay, it's the fifth one under 20 minutes. Is there yeah. anything else? You know, any more? I didn't start so creative thing. But what I'm trying to say is that I think there's a lot of creativity in the adventure game scene and in, in the indie game scene overall. Totally. Um, you know, it's a so, very exciting time to be into I, those kind of games. I think so. With narrative and, you know, even if we're not personally into like all these... Uh, types of games because I'm sure there might be people listening that might not be interested in the Stanley Parable, for example, or Marta is Dead, and they're you know perfectly fine to do that. But they're so different and very we covered, creative. We covered a lot of different games. Yeah, uh, absolutely, this time, uh, including uh, books. <laughs> yeah, including yeah. <laughs> books that about adventure games. So I think it's a great time to be a fan of uh, of adventure games, of narrative games, of indie games. It's been a particular. great, great time to be a fan of adventure games for years now. Yeah. Right. Good, anyone good who point. claims to anyone who claims this genre is dead is not paying attention. Uh, has not been paying attention this. for the last no, ten or years. They're, or they're they're trying to be funny and failing miserably. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just it's, clickbait. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. But yeah, no. So thank you to all the developers for making these uh, great, interesting, creative games, and for 
all the, the listeners now as well. Um, uh, so is the, before we finish, I know we've been going on a bit, but uh, uh, Thomas, uh, is there anything you want to say to any other game very briefly that you're playing? Or, uh, <laughs> it's a bumper you... episode this time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. No, well, I'm, um, I, I'm, I am playing a isometric RPG called Encased, which is sort of a, a post-apocalyptic uh, game a la Fallout 1 and 2, which is amazing. If you're into that kind of narrative games, then I highly recommend this one. I played it when it was in early access and they really improved upon it. It was already a cool game back then and they really improved on it now because now I can finally play it again with my new PC. Hey. And um, <laughs> I've been watching, I've watched, I've watched a lot, but especially season three of Umbrella Academy. If you loved season one and nice. two, you're going to love season three as well because it's bonkers and it's it's nuts and it's fun. And uh, uh, yeah, read The Expanse, watch The Expanse, do anything with The Expanse. <laughs> still have to do, still have to do that, but yeah, but, it's yeah a lot. Awesome. Um, and do you know if you'll be playing any adventure games? But I know that life is... <laughs> I am. I am do. planning on. I've. I've. I've uh, downloaded a few uh, this weekend, but my uh, internet connection isn't exactly uh, fantastic. So uh, <laughs> downloading uh, forty gigabytes in games is uh, that took a while. In, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna look into that. See the ones. Irish countryside. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're in a town in the countryside, it's still uh, still shy. But we'll see. I'm, I, I have some I have some uh, some games lined up, and I really need to get back into Chinatown Detective Agency as well. Mm. Oh, same, same. Yeah, yeah. no, I still have to play that as well. Uh, cool. And and you, Laura, you play when you probably have like another five adventure games <laughs> for next month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I I played through Monkey Island one and two again, which yes. was nice to. She get. finished uh, Indiana Did Jones you? and Last Crusade while we were recording this podcast. <laughs> Fate of Atlantis. I've not played Last Crusade. Uh, oh, but, okay. Yeah. Move, oh yeah, but before we get to that, did you finish both Monkey Island games in what yeah. one day? You I did. Finished the two games in what? one stream. Did you use any walkthroughs or get any? Oh God, yes. Okay. (laughs) I mean, still, it's impressive that you finish both games because okay. But if you know what to do, those games aren't that long. No, it's true. And the only times I I actually struggled more with the first one than the second because the second I could remember Remember, a fair bit and it was a bit more intuitive to pick up stuff. But I I played the ones I got with the collector's edition with limited runs, so it had a a hint system that I could use, which I did. And how did uh, how did you find them? You know, playing yeah, them great, and still, still really, good. and there was still bits still I've good. forgotten <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. So yeah, yeah. good. Cool. But anyway, yeah, uh, Nightmare Frames. I'm probably going to play. Yes. Um, and I'm hope. I mean, I played a demo called Whispers in the West, um, which I enjoyed, which was like a cooperative multiplayer kind of uh, mystery game set in, in the Wild West, and um, I'm hoping they they might bring out more of that at some point but I, I really enjoyed the demo of that playing with friends you, you kind of play mm. you, you're a sheriff or interesting you're a, yeah, yeah you're yeah, a sheriff did, or you're a did, cowboy uh it's a, she, uh, she... a sort of uh like among us uh but set in the west and there's like a murder or there's different cases and you have to try and like solve stuff with your friends sure sure did, i can tell you're itching she, to say some she, kind of a joke come did on she, did she play with you thomas you mentioned you mentioned their friends uh did she did, so you played with thomas then you didn't play with me did you did i did play with you? thomas Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not a friend so. yeah we're, we're not we're not friends of love well, laura you could only yeah. play with three other people <laughs> Yes, I mean, what is? I've got other friends. Yes, <laughs> other friends. I mean, two friends who like adventure games. You didn't contact. Well, let's be, on, let's like be honest. Games. We 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 pl- we also played a few co-op games that 
I was going to say, where was my invitation? Okay. It takes two. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> we were worth two, so yeah, this this game has four. Plus, you, you finished know? it takes two before we did. That's true. Well, actually, maybe that was my didn't invite, didn't invite any of us to play. I did. It I did want to. I did want to finish the demo, so I thought. <laughs> it looks. Uh, it looks so, pretty cool. That so uh, this, whispers this, in the west. This is the end of the podcast. We're going to have a massive falling out now. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, no. I'm, yeah, I'm, she's going to win some award and then it's definitely not going to happen. I'll tell you that now. There's absolutely no way. So I might. Well, look, if you want to, we can play it again because that's the whole point. You can yes. play as different characters. Think. No, but yeah, no, so we... Nightmare Frames is kind of a horror point. And click yeah, adventure. I really want to play that as well. Yeah. A Whispers uh, in the West, I'd recommend trying as a demo as well. Cool. Uh, well, I finished uh, Suzerain twice. Didn't get a chance to talk about it this month, but I'll probably talk more about it next month. Uh, so I'll keep about uh, you know keep my thoughts quiet on that because there's a lot to say about that game as well. Uh, but yeah, spoiler, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah, I was playing Siberia the World before, but then I came across a game crashing bug, game breaking bug. Oh, so no. uh, Microids uh, technical team, they're very kind to get back to me. They say that they are working on a on a solution, on a patch, I believe. And they gave me a um, solution step-by-step. Step. It didn't work. Oh. <laughs> so, ah, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, because I really enjoyed the game as well. And I started playing Norco. Uh, I, it's still too early to say what I think. You know, I'm still, I'm enjoying it. But it's still too early to know what exactly it'd be like. And also be interviewing, well, this week time recording, the developer of Intruder at Antiquonia. So I'll be playing that game as well. So hopefully I'll have that game to review uh next time as well and i'm still continuing with jedi fallen order very very slowly with on very easy setting and with cheats <laughs> i make no apologies because i am it's i'm still dying a lot in that game and it's very difficult for someone like me but uh but yeah uh so we have a lot more to talk about next month as well yes. um so um thank you both as always thank you thomas and laura it's been a, it's been an absolute delight to speak to you as well and hear all about these uh really great games and adventure games narrative games um as well very different kind very different variety and book now <laughs> um so is there anything at all that you want to mention before we finish this very long bumper <laughs> episode no that's it for me just keep on questing thank you 